Welcome, welcome, welcome. Compliments of the new year. Debates Never Die is back. We're ready to kick off 2023. Another year of exciting football ahead. We'll be with you week on week as we as we continue to enjoy the thrills, the highs and lows of football. Um, I'm joined by my two colleagues today. Welcome, Toby. Welcome, Bones. How are you guys feeling? Happy New Year. Uh, we're good. We're good. We're good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Um, good to be back. And um, yeah, we're excited. Excited for the year. Toby, how are you yeah, doing, brother? Yeah, bro, I'm good. All good. Happy to be back on the pod. Um, hopefully more episodes to come. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, the holidays are over, Oaks. The World Cup is behind us. The first half <laughs> of the season is behind us. And I was thinking about it earlier. We've got so much football left in the remainder of the season. It's actually crazy, like, how this Definitely. World Cup break has kind of broken up the season into two distinct parts. We kind of know what the state of affairs was before the World Cup break. We enjoyed that fantastic World Cup in Qatar. But now it's back to business. And we're going to kick off with just, just your guys' thoughts on the football that's ahead. Obviously, the state of the Premier League. Our teams were obviously not joined by our colleagues uh, who support other clubs. This is a very one-sided episode, uh, which I think we deserve. But I'll start with you, Toby. Just in terms yeah. of uh, the state of the Premier League, obviously, Arsenal... Uh, with the lead uh, yeah. over Man City, Newcastle and Man United in that top four race. What are you thinking? What are you predicting for the second half of the season in the Prem? So, I think like we said, I think even Bowen said this, you said this, I said it towards the end. United are going to make a late title charge. And remember, I think we should clip it, post it on socials. They laughed at us. I still remember. They said we're crazy. But yeah, that's my prediction. I think United are going to carry on pushing forward. I do think these next few games are going to be very difficult. If we can leave with a, a win and one draw, I'd be very happy. I'm not going to lie. I expect the win to come against Arsenal. I don't know how it's going to end up against um, Man City. But I do think it'll be a good game, especially given the fact that how bad we were the last time we played them. We've improved so much this time. So it's going to be a very interesting game for me. <clears throat> Bones, your thoughts on, I mean, we're like, we, we 18, 17 games into the season, almost at the halfway mark. Uh, it's quite clear who's in the range for the top four. Um, what's your thoughts on what's to come for the rest of the season? Um, I think, I think as, as stated previously, I think United are, we've, we've hit a, we've hit our, our turning point, I think. Um, you know, we, there are certain players that are also on the resurgence, the Rashfords, um, they're also players that are, you know, starting to find their own, you know, the Casemiro's and whatnot. So I think everything's starting to come together for United specifically. Um, City, City are a bit on and off, so I, I'm not sure, especially in terms of our our game versus them. Um, and Arsenal also just don't really look like they're letting up too much. So I think it's going to be a very, very tight and interesting title race going into it. But I, I would remiss, I'd be remiss without saying that I think United are going to make a nice push into the top four and stay there. Uh, agreed. For what it's worth, um, yeah, there's just an air of quiet confidence with Man United right now. I think we've got enough reason to be a, a bit optimistic. It's been a while since we've had justified reason to have some optimism. And like you say, Bones, we've got a few key figures actually like establishing themselves just as players in this team. Like we know kind of what we can expect from certain guys. We know who to turn to. 
So yeah, I can't I can't blame us for for feeling confident that between the Man City and Arsenal games that are coming up, between this tough run that we have with Pem, uh, the League Cup, Europa, and FA Cup, we can get off some wins that can put us put us in a nice position. Um, come March, come April, like I said uh, a few months back. But not to make this too much about Man United, there's obviously just a few other things happening in the Premier League. What are we thinking of, uh, Toby? I hope you have something to say about this, about the state of Tottenham right now. Uh, are they in the top four charge? What do you think of them? Yeah, I 100%. I still think they're in the top four charge. Um, obviously, in recent weeks, we've seen the other side of Tottenham. I guess they do have, I guess, what you call that dog in them. They've been able to come back hella times, which is, I think, it's a good trait to have. But I don't know why they start games so slow. But yeah, I'm sure people will be looking at me after I said they'll probably end up second this season. <laughs> but I don't know. I I think when we look back at the teams that they've had, and they've, I mean, the teams that they've had, like they've missed out on Kulazewski, who's been injured. Um, I guess Son is not in the best form at the moment. So I do think there are players that they're missing. Like, I think the other day when they were like 3-0 down or 2-0 down or something, they brought on Jed Spence and the boys. And like that. So I think they are lacking a lot of players at the moment. So it is something that I think people should be thinking of. But I don't know. I think they'll be fine. They'll be fine. And Bones, just to wrap up our, our little segment on contenders and the Prem. Liverpool obviously languishing in seventh. Um, I love making fun. I'm really enjoying Liverpool this season. Just their their fall from from the heights of last season and seasons before. Are you, what are you expecting from them? Are you expecting them to kind of sort themselves out? Obviously, uh, January transfer window is open. They already got uh, Gakpo through the door. What do you make of them? Are they going to cause trouble in the top four, or are they going to carry on with this topsy turvy season of this? I think. I mean, even just looking at their last five, they won four. So I feel like they're they're starting to find their rhythm as well. So I would say that they're also going to make a push into the top four, which is why I say that the the race to get into the top four and stay there is going to be a, a very interesting one. Because, I mean, from from City at 39 points to Liverpool at 28, that's second to... What? Second to seventh. That's a, what, 11-point difference between seven clubs. That's, you know, that's... That's not a, that's not a lot. So yeah, it's going to be very interesting. But I think they will. I think they will gonna. They are gonna make a bit of a, a charge into the into the top four. Yeah, definitely. So. Nah, I hear you. I hear you. Um, so yeah, just to wrap up this this little look ahead, gentlemen, I'm gonna ask for something quite unique here. I want us to lock in all of us uh, two two sets of predictions. One. In order, first to fourth, I want us to lock in our top fours. And then I also want us to lock and set in stone who we think is going down. Because as much as it's all happening at the top of the Premier League table, I think personally what's happening at the bottom end is ridiculous right now. If you look at the teams Definitely. in the bottom four, I am shocked. I am shocked. So I'll start with you, Bones. Uh, give me your top four, first to fourth. Who's winning and who's making the Champions League? Sheesh. Okay. I would say that. <laughs> I'll go one one to four in order. So I think I'll say Arsenal. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I say Arsenal, City, United, Liverpool. Locked in. That's, Toby. That's, that's our four. See, this is tough because all the this all changes after this, like these next two game weeks. They can be completely different. That's the worst thing about this. But if I have to actually pick one to four, I'm going to have to go City, Arsenal, United, Tottenham Hotspurs. 
Ooh, you're not giving up on Spurs, are you? You just refuse to quit, man. Nah, you just nah. refuse to quit. Uh, for what it's worth, and I know we'll get into the bone and the bone of contention at the top of the table um, in our next segment, but I will stick with Arsenal winning the league by the finest of margins. I think, yeah, I think what they're doing now is quite special, and I know we're going to talk about it. Uh, Man City will finish second, United in third, and I think I'm going to go with Bones here with Liverpool. A very close fourth to United. I think there's some, yeah, there's some points that Liverpool will comfortably get. I know United, we, we should expect to drop points, uh, especially with the tough games that are coming up, like Toby's mentioned. But that's my top four. Um, and now let's, let's flip it to the other end of the table. I mean, as it stands, Southampton rock bottom. But that bottom four, Wolves, Everton, West Ham, these are clubs at the beginning of the season that you kind of expect to be challenging for the ninth, the eighth, pushing for those European spots. Moyes is in trouble. Frank Lampard's in trouble. Lepetegui is just taking over at Wolves. Um, I need us to make some really uh, certified, cemented predictions. Who's going down, boys? Who's getting the chop? I'll start with you, boys. So... <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think, I think we all agree on that one, but let's hear Bones first. Yeah, I think... You know what? I won't even lie. The result, Southampton's result against City the other day, it might be the impetus for uh, a, a bit of a late run of form. Who knows? But as things currently sit, I think I'm going to say Southampton, Bournemouth, Everton. Oh, Everton Everton. getting the drop. There we have it. I I was hoping someone said it before me. But um, yeah, we'll get to what I have to say. Toby, let's hear bottom three. So obviously it's going to have to be Southampton. That's just a given. It's difficult. I'm going to have to say Bournemouth. Shout out Malcolm. (laughs) <laughs> Cap, this guy said that they were. This guy said they were a top team, remember? And now they're back to sixteen. I. That's why you can't trust Malco, bro. But um, yeah. So Southampton, Bournemouth, and Nottingham Forest. Um. Yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna copy you there, T boy. Uh, I've seen. I've barely watched Southampton this season, but it seems like every time I watch their highlights or tune into a game. <laughs> Uh, I don't know who plays for Southampton. Uh, I don't know who manages Southampton. Um, I don't know. I can't tell you anything about them. I don't know what that club is about right now. Honestly. I feel like any sort of identity they had under budget clock is now gone. Um, Honestly. And th- they've had their time, but yeah, I think Southampton... I've got a question. I've got a question. So let's say Southampton go down. Would you take yeah. Ward Prowse at United? Uh, no, I wouldn't. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, this is we not we don't need relegation fodder at our club. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, Bones, I do think Everton won't get the drop because Fat Frank is on his way out, um, and they're going to sell that club. But I do think Everton will have the juice. So what I'll do is I'll throw Bournemouth and Nottingham Forest into my bottom three. So I've got Southampton, Bournemouth, and Forest in my bottom three. But Everton. Uh, West Ham, I don't know what West Ham are doing in 17th, if I'm being honest. Like, I don't know what they're about. Like, and I don't think sacking Moyes is a, is a solution to their problems. So let's see what they have to say. No, um, I, I, think, I really do think it's the solution to their problems, bro. I think when you look at the players they bought, they're not the way, they don't play the way in which Moyes wants them to, if you know what I mean. Like, has Moyes ever played, when last did Moyes ever play with a number 10? I don't actually remember when. With Pe- someone like Paqueta. Has he ever played with someone like Paqueta? Ah, even if he hasn't, bro, I mean, they just, they, they have too many other good footballers for that to be the reason. 
Like, I, dis- I disagree with the fact that style of play is what's causing them an issue right now. Because I think Moyes is experienced enough to kind of change it and fix things. Like, what is the problem? I don't think the problem is that Moyes has been given players he's never played with before because he's the type of manager to just stick to what he knows and play the guys who get him wins. And I don't think that's working for him either. So, I don't yeah, what, that's true. What do you think? I mean, I, I would, I would, I would agree with Tavani because I think they do have good players, and I mean, Moyes, Moyes is a, a tried and tested um, prem manager, especially these these kind of struggling teams that kind of overachieve. Um, so it is a bit shocking that they they've been playing this badly and haven't been getting results. But yeah, I don't know. I still. I have faith in Moyes that he can kind of steer them at least close to mid-table by the end of the season. Just give it, just just by virtue of the fact that there are a lot of capable ballers there. They just need to find a way, a, a style that makes sense with those players. Yeah, that's my issue, bro. That's the thing. And Moyes' style will never work with players like Paqueta, bro. That's but anyways, that's just my that's my point of view. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see indeed. Um, yeah, just to, just to wrap up, I think let's be all-encompassing here because we did, we haven't really touched on what's happening in the middle of the Premier League. I'd like to start off with um, an apology. Uh, <laughs> Thomas Frank, I owe you an apology. I was not familiar with your game like that. Uh, <laughs> Brentford currently sitting in ninth place, wins against uh, Man City, Man United, Liverpool. Brentford, I was thinking the other day, is Brentford away turning into like Stoke away where it's that kind of fixture where... They can beat anyone on their day when that ground is bouncing. Yep, it just it, it feels like that. So Brentford, uh, respect to you. Um, Brighton, I think Deserby. Uh, shout out Deserby because while while our man Potter is floundering there in London, Deserby has taken what was a steady ship at Brighton and just made it uh, made it work there. So shout out to him as well. Uh, yeah. Toby, obviously, I think you were one of the people telling us first that Stevie G was going to get the sack. Uh, Aston Villa sitting in 11th, uh, Unai is at the wheel. What have you made of them? Obviously, they did spank uh, United when we went to visit them. <laughs> do you yeah. think Aston Villa can do any better than 11th or 10th? Any better? No. I think I think that's a fair position for them now, and I guess until the end of the season, I won't lie. Because when I look at them on paper, they're not better than um, Brentford, Brighton, Liverpool. Maybe you can argue against Fulham, but they're what? Almost 10, 11 points behind Fulham. But I don't know. I think what he's doing at Aston Villa, we all type of game. It's more of a defensive base, you know, maybe counter-attack here and there. But I think my issue is I don't know how long Aston Villa, I guess, will want to continue to play like that. I guess if you're getting the results, you stick with it. But I do think that once, for example, if the goals start to dry up and they get into a rough spell, it could be curtains for them just because of the way they play. They're not very attacking. It's very sitting back the whole time, but I don't know. I hope he does well, though. I think Emery deserves to. He deserves to be in the prem, shining a little bit, you know. Yeah, for what it's worth, um, I, I see Aston Villa linked with Matteo Guendouzi. I think if that move uh, <laughs> comes through, that's definitely Villa going down um, in the table. <laughs> that's just my personal opinion. Um, thankfully, the others aren't here to engage. Bones, there's one club that we haven't very really gorgeous to me. Hey. I said you'll get Kanye saying he's very gorgeous to me. <laughs> yeah, honestly, honestly, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to deal with that, bro. Um, Bones, there's one club that we haven't touched on. I mean, we've touched about, we've talked about the the top of the table, the bottom of the table, mid table. Fulham currently, uh, you know, knocking on the door of that top six spot. 
Marco Silva, I mean, I, I stand with him. I've, I've had Marco Silva standing for years. Has he surprised you at all? And do you think this is a bit of a bubble and that things will return to normal? Or are Fulham genuine outside contenders for at least like the conference league spots, eighth, ninth, maybe even seventh? What do you think of Fulham? They really surprised me. I won't lie. I mean, my 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 um my fantasy has always had Mitrovic, so I've always believed in that man. So I did always see them having goals coming in, but in terms of the results that they've been getting, it, it's been a bit of a shock, I won't lie. Whether they can sustain it, I'm not too sure. But, I mean, they are leading Chelsea right now. And if they win that game, they go into fifth, um, which will be very interesting. Very, very interesting. But I don't, I, don't, I don't see them sustaining this charge. I think they'll fall a bit wayward, closer to the mid-tables, probably around finishing around ninth, tenth. Um, but, like, shout-out to them because... Yeah, I don't think anyone expected them to do this well. Agreed. Um, yeah, let's see what let's see what they can cook. Um, I've been stalling, guys. I, I really don't want to move on to the next topic, but I think it's time. Uh, we have to talk about Arsenal sitting pretty at the top of the Prem. 44 points from 17 games is so impressive. I think they've only <laughs> dropped points in three games. Um Someone did make a good point the other day. I think I saw on Twitter that we're not even like halfway through the season yet. Um, and there's still a long, long way to go. But then I was thinking, look, if someone told me after 17 games, we'd be five points clear. My club would be five points clear. Um, 14 wins, only one defeat. Um, I'd take that in a heartbeat. And I think any club in the Premier League, including Man City at the beginning of the season, would have taken that. So... Is this, is, are they the real deal? I'll start with you, Toby. What do you make of Arsenal? They're fantastic start to the season. Is it a bubble? Uh, are we gonna, are our team's going to catch them? What, what are we saying about Arsenal? All I can do is commend Arteta for what he's done, man. Ah, I think their recruitment this summer has been, has, has been I mean, uh, yeah, in the summer has been something else, man. Bringing in Zenchenko, Gabriel Jesus. I think they've, yeah, they're, it's not even a bubble. I wouldn't say it's a bubble. I just think it's a, it's a new era for them. I think, They've been in the mud for a very, very long time. And I think now we're beginning to see the Arsenal that I think a lot of fans wanted to see. And do I think they'll win the Premier League? No. But I do think, even if they don't win the Premier League, they should be very happy. Because earlier in the season, I think all they were hoping for was um, top four. Now they're going to see themselves play. So I think they're going to be able to attract new players. So I think it's going to be a very good um, season for them, even if they don't end up winning. I wouldn't say they bottled it if they don't end up winning it, but I will say that it sets a good foundation for the next se- coming seasons. I think it's actually going to be mad. It's going to be a United-Arsenal era back again. We're going to run it back. So I'm glad. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it, bro. Shout out. Don't say, shout don't out say Arsenal, that too man. loud, man. You're going you're gonna to anger some people. But in the, <laughs> spirit, okay, in the spirit of fairness, right? Because, I mean, this is a very United-dominated episode. Let me try to be impartial. Um, why why do you say they won't win the Premier League? Like if like why I'm sorry, but if City were sitting with forty four points from fourteen games, you'd say they definitely win the league. Uh you say they're cruising, you'd say, you know, this is City, this is yeah, the same old City. So why do you think why don't you believe in this turnaround? Why don't you believe they have the minerals? Bro, because what think about who we're talking about. We're talking about Man City. They're coming on towards winning a three peat, bro. Like they've been in these positions. They have the stamina. They have the squad. Like, I just feel like people are riding off Man City too early. They, what's going to stop them from now going on like a 
20-game win streak or something like that, 21-game win streak. They could they could end up beating United, then beating the next game, the next game. And then what's going to happen? Arsenal still have to face City twice. They still have to face United. They still have to face Spurs at the, um, at the Tottenham Stadium, which is a very bad game for them, uh, according to history. I don't think, I don't, I don't even know what the win percentage is, but I know it's not that high. So there's like, there's a really, there's a lot of games and they don't have a lot of players. In Ketia, Vu thinks he's going to step up, but I, I don't think he's going to step up in those big games. So I do think there's a lot of things that people are forgetting. And like, I don't want to say people are disrespecting Man City, but I do think people are not like, they're not understanding that this is this team is serious, man. Pep is going to be drilling these guys, especially now after that loss against Southampton. It's going to be scary hours, bro. That's just my view. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I think I'm going to move to you, Bones, because we both had Arsenal winning the league. Um, do you do, do you did you put Arsenal first because you wanted to, or because you generally <laughs> believe that? Uh, like they have what it takes to actually win this Premier League, or did you kind of just have it as like they're going to win because they're doing so well? Like, what? Why do you have Arsenal winning this Premier League? And do you do you differ from Toby in the sense that people are writing off City too early, or are they the real real deal? I mean, I did put City at second, and I do think it'll be a very tight race. Um, I put Arsenal at, at one because I mean, I won't lie to you, I've I've been hating the City dominance, so yeah, I would rather I. Yo, it pays me. Oh. I would rather, I'd rather see Arsenal win than City. Um, and also, I think yeah. the slight eerie confidence about Arsenal, like even when you see them playing, there's so much composure in the game. Like they, 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 they're also very well drilled. As as much as City are, nice. yes, you can see that Arsenal over the years have have kind of cultivated. An, an identity. They have an identity and they all know what they're supposed to be doing when they're on the pitch, when they get the ball. Everyone knows where people are supposed to be. And let's not let's not forget that they're doing this even in spite of um, Jesus not playing. And Jesus was like their main guy at the beginning. He did kind of lose form getting close to the World Cup. But I think even when he comes back, that'll give them another dimension again. And um, yeah, so I think they can keep the momentum going. I do, I do hear Toby's Toby's assessment that you know City City have been here before, um, and you know they have a lot of new hungry guys, especially Holland. Um, so in terms of in terms of them kind of not losing pace and not getting too distracted in the fact that they're not number one. Um, I do see that, but I, I still think that Arsenal could pull it out the bag. Just just because they seem they don't seem surprised that they're number one, which is a bit that's what's scary to me. Because they seem like they expected this kind of like this kind of step above what everyone thought they were going to be. They don't seem surprised as much as we do. Um, and that I think is the thing. Because once you have confidence within the whole squad, I think really only you know, they can fight themselves in terms of making or in terms of them losing momentum. Yeah, fair enough, bro. Facts, bro. And I think that last that last point you made about the confidence, like that's also why I I have them at as winning the Premier League, just because I just get the sense that just like dominant teams of recent years, just like the Man Cities and especially when Liverpool um were kind of the second or or the most dominant team. 
you just get that sense that Arsenal are going to win every match that they're going to play and they, until they don't win it. Like, doesn't matter how they're playing, doesn't matter what the score is, whether they go behind, who, yeah. whoever the opposition is. And I understand they haven't played um, Man City at home or away this season. But even the game against Newcastle that took place that ended up in a draw, you expected Arsenal to win that. Arsenal, Arsenal are going to every match as the favourite. And I think from a player point of view, that just makes it a bit easier to to focus yeah, on yeah. playing well to Definitely. win. Um, because it's a kind of imaginary pressure that, you know, we, we kind of say that they don't have this experience and they've never been in this position before. But they're just going one match at a time and they're the favourite in every match. And they're playing the same type of football and, and it's getting them results. And I think even if they do stumble, I think they, I don't see anyone... I don't see the, 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 like a stumbling block or a rough patch for them that lasts so long and that things go so badly for them that, you know, things turn around and they, and they slip down the table. And I, so, yes, it, it will be a, a close race. But for now, until proven otherwise, I will leave Arsenal at number one because, like, like I think, Bones, you made the point, they're playing, they're playing football that has been cult- cultivated and it's been built. And I, and I deserve credit here and I will take credit. I'm the only <laughs> person who's believed in Arteta since day one. The only one who's believed in him since day one. And I'm, I hope those clowns in the group, when they listen to this episode, give me my daps. Yes, Sundar. Yes, Kanya. Yes, Malcolm. Yes, Mbu. I'm talking to you guys. <laughs> I'm the one who dapped Arteta since day one. Shout out him. And I think it'll be kind of hard. Uh, I think it'd be kind of tough the season immediately after they do the Amazon documentary to go win the league because that'll, yeah. that'll make them global again. Like, that's now putting Arsenal, like, front and centre, top of the map. That'll be quite hard. Um, it'll be tough to take, though. Don't get me wrong. I'm not an Arsenal fan. I hope they don't win it. Um, but if we have to accept a new Premier League champion, then it might as well be Arsenal. And the reason I say that, um, as you segue to our next point, is because, like Toby alluded to, if Arsenal are up, it kind of guarantees that we are next up at Man United. Because <laughs> um, our guy's cooking something. Our yes, guy, sir. Our guy is cooking something. Uh, one hug, two hug, ten hug. They called him Eric ten months. They called him Eric <laughs> ten... Eric 10 goals. Uh, wow. They called him Eric 10 rejections when we couldn't get players in the summer. Where are they now? Where are they now? Um, look, nine points uh, behind Arsenal. A game at the Emirates coming up soon. A game against City coming up soon. And like I said in the beginning, there's an air of quiet confidence amongst us, amongst our fan base, that, that someone is, is in charge of this club who knows what they're doing and has a plan for us. Definitely. So why why shouldn't we be allowed to talk of us? Not as not as title contenders. I don't think we'll win the title, but why can't we be in the mix? Why can't we be third or second with ten games to go? Why can't we? Um, I, the, obviously, there's a stat that's flying around now. Toby Eric Ten Hag, quickest manager to twenty wins um, as a Man United manager. Twenty wins in twenty seven games. Twenty wins is how many wins we had the whole of last season. <laughs> we deserve yeah. this. We deserve to be happy, bro. So I'm going to pass this one to you. What are you making of us right now, the state of Man United? And do you think it's fair to put us in that, just in the mix, bro? Just in the mix. Nah, just in the mix, definitely, bro. I think at the moment, you even said it yourself. 20 games. Last season was a disgrace. This season, at least, we, we're beginning to show signs of life again, bro. Like um, Bone said earlier, we're players are starting to, I guess, show themselves. We have Casemiro coming into, him, coming into his own in the Premier League. We have Rashford turning up again which is something that we knew was going to happen. We said it, bro. 
He just needed a coach. He needed someone to tell him what to do and the best way to play, and it's working. Um, so, yeah, I think, do we deserve to, I mean, should we be saying that we're in the mix? Yes, but I do think we need to stop being, not me and you, but I think there's a lot of fans out there that are, been, are getting a little bit too gassed. Like, I'm seeing quotes of people saying, Man United are the only team left in all four competitions. What, right, what, facts. what? It's facts, bro. It's facts. But, like, come, like, that doesn't mean anything. That does not mean anything, bro. I'm not going to lie to you. Yes, we might what? win the Caribou this season, which is going to be good. No, very good. But, I mean, like, all these stats, they're not going to mean anything at the end of the day if we end up just winning the Caribou and then we're out of the rest. So, I think we just need to slow down. And just, like, I think we're, we're starting to put a lot more pressure on the team than we need to be. Like, remember I said earlier this season, I if we don't win anything because I know like with Arsenal there's a process there's a journey so hopefully towards the end of next season or towards the start of next season we start to see a well and a well-oiled side a well more established side side that knows what type of football they want to play and then I think we'll kick on from there but like I said these last few games you face teams that I guess aren't that good essentially but I guess these are the games we would be losing last season so I can't hate on that so other than that I don't know, man. I'm I'm, ha- I'm gassed. I'm happy to see what's going to happen. But I do think we need to relax a little bit because we'll start to see when we face teams like Man City, Arsenal again, it's not going to be as easy, bro. So, okay. It is called the base never die. And you, you, <laughs> there, there's a bone of contention here. I disagree with what you said. Um, I know you made the prediction at the beginning of the season, but I do think we are Manchester United. I have every right to say that we, we can have standards. Um Yes. This this team and the state of state of where we are now has to win a trophy this season. That should be the expectation. What? It, it, no. It, 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 can I tell you why? Because... Actually, no. Sorry. Yes. Given the situation that we're in, now with the cup, yes. No, I guarantee that. Yes. With, with, the, with the Carabo Cup, yes, yes. Uh, in the semi-final, against, yeah. <laughs> against three teams who, stature-wise, position-wise, yes, resource-wise, yes. are all beneath Man United, right? We we need to if, if we if we aim to get getting back to the glory days, we have yeah. to accept that when you are in this position, you have to go for the kill. And I, yeah. I'm putting it out there. I demand that we win the Carabao Cup. Right? Yeah, no, okay, that Not I agree with. Carabao Cup yeah. will be a failure. I don't care what anyone says. It will be a, no, failure, it will be a failure if we don't win the Carabao Cup. And then I'll I'll flip it to you, Bones. But we've obviously drawn um, a relatively tough game in the Europa League as well. Obviously. Uh, fumbling in, in the group stages means we've now drawn Barca um, to get through to the next round. But again, don't you think we should kind of be demanding that this team, at least, at the very least, if we're going to lose to Barca, we better go down fighting. We better go down swinging. Um, and even the FA Cup, you know, Man City have been drawn against Arsenal in the next round. Those are two teams that we don't want to face. But if one of them is going to be out, why can't we dream of an FA Cup? So, what's your expectation for? We kind of know where we are now, but what are you expecting? Your honest, your honest standards for between now and the rest of the season, Bones. I definitely want a trophy. I definitely want a trophy, and I think, especially Carabao Cup, that is a yeah. very, very achievable goal. Um, and I think that with with such a young squad, and I feel like this team and the players in this team, we've always generally had good players, but we haven't had a manager who actually coaches players, you know. Yeah. Ole did coach players. He was a good man-manager, but he didn't coach these guys. He didn't really grow any players. You're literally seeing players grow under Ten Hag, which is something that I was hoping, for, that I mentioned at the beginning of the season, that I was hoping 
or I was relying on the fact that Ten Hag is renowned for player development. And, you know, I think you're starting to see the fruits of that. You know, we're seeing Dalo, uh, even Juan Basaka is having... Shout uh, out Dalo. Uh, a little bit of form coming into things, um, you know. Wait, boys, I, can I get my hit for Juan Basaka then, or is that too late now? Can you get <laughs> your? Hit, bro. Three games <laughs> in a hit. Three games in a hit, bro. Yo. God, what? Nah, carry on, carry on. Yeah, like, I, I definitely think, I agree with Tabani that we should have the expectation of, of a trophy now. I don't think we should have had it at the beginning of the season, but seeing how things have started to unfold, seeing players starting to come into form, find their, find their confidence, they, the whole team is starting to play confident. And yeah. not confident, but confident within the style of football. So we're not just winning games, we're winning games um, con- like with a consistent kind of approach to, to play, um, which is yeah. something haven't had in maybe like six years really so even that consistency that's something that I liken to Arsenal like they 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 struggled through finding their identity and in identity now they're comfortable and because they're comfortable they're they're confident and when you're confident you can really play to your best and when we look at when I look at our players when we have a full squad I think those guys playing confidently are one of the best in the world, I think. Especially, especially the. Yay! I think we can. I definitely think that we should expect a trophy. I think the players themselves are now expecting a trophy. Yeah. Um, and you know, we we should go for it. We should go for it. And like Wayne Rooney, Wayne Rooney in his documentary spoke about um, winning winning the or well, what was called I think the Capital One Cup at the time or whatever that that trophy that was their first trophy as youngins um and it was like the impetus for them to actually believe in themselves that they can win trophies and yeah. i think the, something as small as the carabao cup could be that thing that actually ignites something in the players because i mean it's all good winning games but once you actually are lifting something above there's a sense of achievement and when you have that achievement based on the way that you're playing that almost vindic like that justifies what you're doing, and you know when you when you're confident in what you're doing and you're getting the tangible results, um, you know there's there's optimism, there's optimism within the camp, and if there's optimism within the camp and you have good players, there's no reason why they shouldn't be challenging. So I I definitely think that we should expect a trophy, whether it's a cup, I, well, it has to be a cup because I don't think we're winning the league. Um, and you know, I think it's yeah. I think it's the start of great things. I'd like to say. And long may it continue. Um, <laughs> I think yeah. Let let me just before I'm taken out of context here with demanding a trophy. I think the Carabao Cup is sitting. Can we agree that the Carabao Cup is sitting there on a plate for us? Right. No, definitely. So okay. I, I wouldn't Cup... say on a plate. I would say like on a string because we haven't beaten Newcastle. Remember, bro, Arsenal couldn't beat them. We couldn't beat them earlier in the season. So it'll be difficult. It'll be a, if it's Newcastle United final, it's not going to be as easy as people think, bro. Uh, yeah, you're right. No, no final is easy, bro. Like, yeah, no final yeah. is easy. But, okay. So we've got the Carabao Cup is one where realist, it's the most realistic Mo- one, Definitely, right? definitely. If, yeah. a cup, if a cup is draw dependence, you could literally yeah. get Man City in the next round or like <laughs> another top, a top prem team. Okay, cool. Europa League, like I say, if we lose to Barcelona, we better lose. Like we better lose in the right way. I I know I know how it sounds. I know I sound crazy saying that, but we better lose to Barcelona. Like we better get outplayed, outclassed. 
we better get played off the pitch, have no answers for them. What I won't accept is, is us playing like we don't know what we're doing against Honestly. this Barcelona team, which I don't rate in the slightest. Um, and then, yeah, the league, look, I just want us to be in the mix. I think I genuinely, it sounds bad because I've just spoken about standards and stuff, but third will be an achievement. I know, I know we should always aim for first. I get it, I get it, Manchester United. But if this team can get third and one of the cups, then that's a good season, in my opinion. Definitely, bro. But, and if I can just add on to your point there, Tavani, in terms of the way that we lose, in terms of these next two fixtures against City and Arsenal, um, I mean, we got the win over Arsenal, but we were playing, we, we, we were playing like sitting back and counter-attacking football, which isn't necessarily the, the go-to in terms of Ten Hag's um, normal approach to play. So I think those games, I would like to see us play our football against them and see where we are um, and see where we are against the best. Because we didn't go ahead. We, didn't, we tried to go head-to-head to, with, with City and they blew us out the water. So I would like us to go head-to-head again and see how much we've actually developed. Because as you say, we haven't necessarily been playing the best teams in terms of the results that we've been getting. So if we can also play that football independent of who we're playing yeah. um, and, and see what, what kind of results that gets us. I think that'll also give those guys confidence to always play that way and that just be the default. So we don't adjust. Obviously, you adjust tactically to teams, but you don't change your entire style of football because you, you're, you're afraid that you'll get outplayed. Yeah. Are you going to social? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And I think I think Tenag has that dog in him, and he's 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 putting it into the players that like guys, we play this way of football. If we lose, we lose. But I feel like if we play this brand of football, we're likely to win if we do what we have to do. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting though, because obviously I don't know if Dallas is going to be fit for the game, so Wambasaka is probably going to slip into right back. Um, probably Casemiro, Eriksen. Yeah, but we can we can go for it. But I'm scared, bro. I'm not gonna lie. Personally, I wouldn't mind playing on that counter-attack and seeing how it goes because I know we could eat that team by a counter-attacking football. But other than that, I don't know. Tabani, what are your views on... Do you think we should play a pragmatic approach, go toe-to-toe? I want to hear what you have to say. Um, I think you've, you've kind of captured it there. We, we're more confident now, but I mean, I think off the top of my head, I think our last three results against City are 4-0, 4-1, <laughs> and 6-3. Um, so I don't think we really have the right to, to think we can go and beat City. Um, I would personally, this is from my point of view, I would opt for a bit of pragmatism in this game because if you don't get beaten in this game, right, if you draw at home to yeah. Man City, especially given the fact that they beat us 6-3, that Haaland has basically been resting for two games, KDB has been rested, um, Clearly, Pip is coming to Old Trafford to spank us again. If we can yeah. escape, I would go pragmatic for this game. Where I'd want to see toe-to-toe is, um, is the Arsenal game because that's a team we've beaten before when we got outplayed. And I think there's that sense that, you know, they outplayed us at Old Trafford. Who cares if they outplayed us? We don't need to outplay Arsenal. We need to outscore them. And I think we can Honestly, outscore that yeah. team um, on a good day. I wouldn't try to outscore Man City because they will just score more goals than you. So I would go pragmatism against... Um, Man City and go toe to toe with awesome. Arsenal. Fair enough. Um, yeah. That yeah, that's just how I feel about it. Okay, uh, but we'll see. We'll see, bro. And like you say, like 
injury, personnel, all these minor details. Like, this is where the game is decided. And speaking of personnel, I mean, we've spoken so much about Man United. Um, I know I know our colleagues might get a bit sick of us, but let's just touch on a few things which, I mean, I personally can't believe every time I watch a Man United game. Number one, I can't believe Casemiro plays for Man United. I am shocked every time I see that guy bowling for United. He's playing at such a level. I didn't think it was possible. That's a high clip. Honestly, like, bro. I didn't think, A, like, in my wildest dreams, we could get <laughs> Casemiro. And then, B, that he'd actually, like, do what he was brought to do. Because often it's like, okay, we brought Casemiro to do this, but then the manager misuses him or the player loses form or he's not the right fit or he's no, overpriced. Facts, it just feels like for once, it just, it's, it just feels like such a rewarding decision. And I know at some point someone's going to clip this and Casemiro will be out of form or injured or make <laughs> a mistake. And I'll look like a fool, but it's fine. Because for now, bro, like, he is, he's our guy. He's just the guy. Um, so shout out to him. But let's move to a more, a more worrying thing is our attack. Because... It's been said a few times in this episode that the teams that we've beaten, we've beaten them, but they're not the best teams. And I don't say this as a hater, but I don't want to rely the next, what is it, 22 games or whatever, 21 games on Marcus Rashford alone. (laughs) Um, I know know our boy Weghorst is on the way, Weghorst announcement pending, but even that, we need more from these guys. And Toby, I know Anthony is your guy. Do you think he has what it takes to play second fiddle? Can he really, like, can he be the... He's our second top scorer at the moment behind Rashford, but even his tally isn't that high. Can we really rely on Rashford, Weghorst, and Anthony to get us the goals for the next 22 games? Uh, yeah, I think we actually can. And I say that because we don't have a really... We don't have a choice, bro. I think Rashford, he's able to take that burden right now. I think when you're playing at this high clip, bro, I think you're able to perform in most games. Even if he's just scoring, I guess, one a, go- one a game, it's it's going to be good enough. Martial, I, I, you know my views on Martial, bro. I, he's one day, he's good. One day, he's not. And I just don't think we can afford to carry anyone at this point, bro. We need players that are going to be performing week in and week out. So, I don't know. And Anthony, again... I do think there's elements to his game that are very raw still. And I think that Ten Hag is going to need to keep on implementing new coaching philosophies into his brain. Because I still think, not that he's not that he's not going to be able to get better, but I do think there's elements to his game, like I said, that he's going to need to improve drastically. I think we all know with his right foot that you guys are screaming about. <laughs> like, well, I mean, it's not you guys, bro. It's there for everyone to see. The guy doesn't <laughs> yeah. use it. Yeah, he doesn't use it. And like, especially when we're on the counter-attack, it kind of almost kills the whole thing because he's too afraid. He tries to do some outside of the foot with his left foot and it just ruins the whole thing. So I think there's elements to his game that he needs to improve on drastically. But I think it's still very early, bro. And that's something that I think that we're going to see if he's going to become a very, very good player. Well, that's my views. But Veghorst, bro, I don't know. I think that's just going to be a surprise package. I can't really give you any intake or any insight into that. So, I, yeah. I, I think we've got Veghorst just for the fact that it'll force Martial to know that if he doesn't play, he's not, if he doesn't pull up, he's not going to play the next game. That's um, good. Yeah, that's actually, yeah, that's true. That, that, that kind of push and that competitiveness within the squad, that also helps players maintain maintain a standard of play when they are on the pitch. Um, yeah. So that with Luke Shaw. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. And Rashford, what I'm, what I'm loving about Rashford now is 
he's having good performances regardless of if he scores because he's yeah. on he's confident. Yeah, we haven't seen this kind of Rashford dribbling and the dribbling's working out because you can see he's not really thinking about it. He's just doing what is doing it, yeah. Knows that he can get through this guy. Um and I, I think that confidence in himself is something that he's been missing for a while. And I think that even speaks to his little celebration showing that it, it's a mental, you know? <laughs> I'm yeah, doing it that's right what now. I thought. I'm doing the celebration right now. <laughs> that's what I thought, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, like, he's not listening. I don't know, man. Like, what he's doing now is something we've seen him do before. It's not necessarily that we're seeing uh, a whole new Rashford. It's almost like Rashford's back. You know what I mean? And that's what I like because now that means he can actually start building on what we thought his potential could be. And maybe he can actually reach that potential. Yeah, yeah facts. Definitely. But before, before we get kicked off this podcast for making it too much about United, um, let's, let's have a laugh at what's happening um, at one particular club in London. Uh, <laughs> on, on Kanye's behalf, man, because... We got to talk about Chelsea. We got to talk about Graham Potter. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like Chelsea are, are struggling, but this sort of struggle feels like a different type of struggle. This feels like they're about to go through some shit, man. In the past, they're always one transfer window away from fixing things. You know, sack a manager, save the season, bring in a new player, and then all of a sudden they're back in the mix. But, you know, our boy Todd Bowley, uh, Mr. Americano, uh, Harry Potter's at the wheel, a, a squad that doesn't really make sense uh, <laughs> like at, in any part of the field. You, like, are Chelsea, are we making too much of this? Are we looking too much into this? Is this just a rough patch at the beginning of Potter's spell? Or are there causes for concern that they maybe don't have the right guy and the right squad um, and too many injuries at the same time. Is this like a perfect mix which ends up in Graham Potter losing his job? Um, I personally don't think we're deeping it. I think they're in real, real trouble. I look all over the pitch when they play and I'm just like, what's going on here? And I've never seen, I just don't see a top team make so many changes so in so many games and succeed. Like this, they, they play a different team every week and I don't think that's how you, you, you progress up the table. So yeah. I think 10th right now, personally, is a reflection of what they are as a club. And it is scary. I'm declaring scary hours for Graham Potter. Uh, Toby, what do you think? Um, I don't agree with you in the sense that, that he, they're not going to sack him. It does not make sense for them to sack him. And I say that because Graham Potter, he came in in the middle of the season, which is, for me, I've always said that's probably one of the dumbest things for managers to do, especially when you're someone to the high caliber, tactically-wise, as someone like Graham Potter, where you love implementing a different styles of plays in different times of the games and all that stuff. So players can't learn this thing just on the spot, which is why I think next season, willing that Todd Bowley decides to not stop, to stop thinking this is some American franchise and just signing random players, then I think they're going to get to a level where I think they do left back with Lewis Hall, that other youngster. Very good. Uh, what's his name again? Chuku. Uh, Chuku Chukumeka. Like, they have ballers. They have good players. I think they're brought in, like, um, the new guy from Monaco. I forgot his name. But, uh, Badi Ashili. Yeah, Badi Ashili. Sorry. So, yeah. So, I think there's, they're, they're bringing in... I think what they're trying to do is not emulate Arsenal's model. But I think they are... I guess you can say, actually, try to build up a young squad, which I guess Potter can teach his ways at a very early stage. At a very early stage. 
which is something I think they need to get rid of players like Obama Young. I hate to say it, but Thiago Silva is going to have to start taking the bench soon. And yeah, so I think you're right. It's a mixture of, I guess, injuries, new players, and all this stuff. So I do think if you're an owner, you can see that it's just, you can't just put all the blame on Graham Potter. So they're going to have to give him time, man. Whether that's, even if they finish seventh, eighth, you're going to have to give him at least till midway next season. If they're flopping at that stage, then yeah, he has to dip, I won't lie. Fair enough. I would, I would say the season is, a, I would call it a write-off in terms of expecting anything. Yeah, way, yeah, definitely. Way, I, yeah. <laughs> go on, go on. I think, I think they should just kind of just focus on finding an identity. Yeah, um, yeah. Playing through, playing through the growing pains. Because um, definitely, I mean, the amount of investment that they put into the club, yes. I think it would be it would be reckless for them to leave. I mean, to to move away from Potter, um, especially because I think these players that they've signed right now are probably Potter's suggestions because he sees that he can mold these guys into whatever kind of play that they want. So I mean, if you leave, if you if you move away from Potter and you bring another guy in, then what do you do? Are you gonna now do another whole? Uh, 300 million summer spree and, and you know, then you're just going to stockpile of players um, that aren't playing, probably unhappy because they aren't playing and they might not be playing well because this coach might not want half of these players. Um, yeah. You know, you can't just like leave players on the bench, especially when they earn 100, 200, <laughs> 250k. I mean, so I feel like they, they just have to struggle through and, and hope for the best next season because as yeah. as is, um, you know, Potter's, Potter's way of playing is, you can see the team has to be very well drilled. It, it didn't Definitely. come like this overnight, you know. They, they, they steadily progressed. So I think just because of the, the standards of Chelsea, I can understand why there are so many questions and so many fears. But I also think that when you look at it from an objective point of view, yeah. there's a lot of chaos that's happened. You know, this, Definitely. Even up top, there's just a lot of there's a there's a new way of doing things now, um, and you know because there's a new way of doing things, people just have to adapt, and um, you know there has yeah. to there has to be patience. So and I just think, to, just to just, add on to that, so do you think there's a future for Lakaka? Because obviously there's reports that Inter don't want him no more. So if he comes back to Chelsea, is, are they gonna maybe try find a way for him now, or what's his what's his job, bro? I don't know, eh? Because these guys don't have like an actual striker anymore. Like, so I think maybe, maybe they may, there might be room for him back, but because, because of the, the, the free flowing football that I've seen Potter like to do, I'm not sure how well Lukaku fits into that. Uh, you know, I, th- I think he's a bit too old to be developing some <laughs> of the skill sets. That, yeah. That, <laughs> so, but, but the, yeah. Tackle. Yeah. But, then what's, think, what's so what's his future then, bro? Like, because what does he do? Hey, bro, he's, he, needs he, go, he needs to go back to 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 Andalek, bro, and go find himself. <laughs> so deep. Maybe come Yo. save Everton again or something, bro. I don't know. No, but bro, do you not find it deep that he went from being one of the best strikers in that in the world? Remember when he was playing for Inter that season with Conte, for, bro? For for seven months. Let's just put that asterisk there, like. Wasn't even a full season. He was just very good for like three quarters of a season. But yeah, go on. No, but yeah, okay, fair enough. But I'm gonna say like the fall off is just it's just disgusting, bro. Like how? 
Now, man, from seven months later, now man's going to, oh, whatever, a year later, two years later, he's going to go play again. And like, come on, bro. I think there's a remontada coming from him, bro. I pray. I pray. Um, sorry. Just to go back to Chelsea and the reason why. So, I hear you guys' points about, you know, patience and squad building and giving the manager time. My only issue with what you guys are saying is, is the, the fact that when Toby was running through, you know, the list of players that, you know, could, could help Chelsea, none of them, all of them are new signings. You just mentioned all the new guys. I just don't know who, who's Chelsea's core. Like, who are they not prepared to lose? Who's, who has to play week in, week out for Chelsea right now? I just don't, I don't see a direction um, in terms of what they have right now. And then Bones, you made the, you said hypothetically, what do they do? Spend another three hundred million? I, I genuinely think that's coming, because <laughs> because of the way we've seen them spend so recklessly now. What's going to stop them from doing that again? I think the reckless thing was uh, sacking Thomas Tuchel. That was reckless. Yes. I think the I think the reckless thing. Okay, I'm not going to go on a whole rant now, but I think I think right, what I expect is for them to pay the price for a series of just not good decisions and poor squad building and they're going to have to like like you say pay, play through the pain but play play through the pain of having 200 plus 250k plus a week players underperform and having to having to start a front four of Havertz, Sterling, Felix and, <laughs> and Mount and hoping that you can go score goals <laughs> with, with players who with either facilitators or idea players or potential players like that's going to be the it's real disgusting. pain because we're describing a situation that's very similar to where man united were in the past literally um, the ed woodward led man united are literally being mimics right now through chelsea and no. i don't think i think this the quality of player at chelsea and the base at which they are now is so much higher than that which is why this is I feel like, I don't want to call it worse than Man United because what happened at Man United was bad. We're not going to get into that. But I think, like, let's not neglect that this is a club that was reaching finals, winning Champions Leagues, uh, giving, giving good teams a run for their money week in, week out. And then, the, yes, yeah. they would struggle. But I think their base level is so high that this, will, this, is, this feels like a sharp drop-off. And maybe I'm being dramatic, which is fine. I don't yeah, mind being are. dramatic. But I just think there's something ominous right now. I think this one will be... This, this pain point that we're talking about is going to be so hard to break through. And if there's one person who's going to enjoy it, it is probably going to be Kanye, man. <laughs> Definitely. But Tamani, just to add on to your point quickly. Yeah. But if Charles... I was to tell you that three of Chelsea's, you would say, starting back four are all injured. So I'm talking about Rich James, Ben Chilwell, and Fofana. So, like, that's, you, saw, you talked about a core, right? The, that whole core is basically injured. So if and you're Kanye. an owner... Oh, okay, and Kante, yeah, I can probably say Kante. So if you're an owner, you can be like, okay, most of our best players are probably injured at the moment. This guy's having to play with Lewis Hall at left back because Kukurea is DJing somewhere or not playing football properly. <laughs> so you have situations where, like, you have to say, okay, let's be realistic here. Potter, we know he's a good manager. We saw what he did at, at Brighton. As Bone said, it's a process. So you can't just automatically now be like, aye, aye, we have to get rid of this guy. And even if you get rid of this guy, who do you bring in? Terry Henry? <laughs> Who do you bring in? Come on, bro. No disrespect to Terry Henry, they're good. But come on, it's like there's literally no one you can bring. Maybe there's Pochettino, he could probably cook something up. But it'll be the same thing because it's all a process. And I think we should use, well, not we, the owners, Todd Bowley, should use, I guess, Arteta as an example. Because 
at the beginning, it was a very stinky period, which is why you had people like Kanye. I don't know if Malcolm was involved or Mvu was involved saying Arteta out, Arteta out. And now look, they're the same guys crying over him. So I think we just need to relax and just be humble and see what happens. Like I said, give him to mid-season next season. If they flop, aye, then he has to dip. Okay, mid-season's even too long. Ten games. If they do that, then he has to go, bro. But yeah, that's my rant. Bones, closing thoughts on, on Chelsea? Um, I mean, I would say that Loki, this is this is the history of Chelsea though. They they do this thing where there'll be nowhere a season and then the next season they win the league, they win the champions. Yeah. Well that's they, not happening. I just want you guys to know that. I, yeah, no, no, obviously, obviously. But I, I just feel like they're a unique club in that their success can't really be predicted the season before based on how they're playing. Because yep. they they just have a weird gene about them. And maybe that was an Abramovich-led era. And, you know, in this new era, it might not be the same. But I don't know. They just have that weird gene in them, which is why I say that maybe it's just it's just a, a thing of patience. And as as um, Toby has highlighted, there are a lot of key players that are missing. I mean, Reese James is there. Um, and, you know, he's... <laughs> Well, you're right back to be your best player. I mean, that that should also be in trouble, I guess. But like, I think, I think they just need time. I think it just needs time. Um, people need to settle. People need to adjust. Uh, people need to learn. Um, and you know, Potter just does need time. He really just does need time to to get things going. But yeah, I, yeah, that's what I would say. I just Definitely. say, let's wait and see. But he should get some time. Potter should get some time. I just, yeah, I just don't think the guy, ultimately, I think what will be his downfall more than anything, and not to sound like a purist here, I just don't think he has the charisma for a job like Chelsea. I think to 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 see why Pochettino didn't succeed at PSG is to understand why Potter will never succeed at Chelsea, in my opinion. Because more than just tactics and style of play and uh, player development, you as a manager just need a certain level of, you need to be the guy in your own right. Arteta has that thing, Pep, Klopp, Ten Hag. They have that thing where they're, they're club leaders. They're not just guys who pick teams and get them to play well. They, they lead the club in a certain direction. And maybe he'll prove me wrong, but I just don't think Potter has that thing to, to take over and lead Chelsea Football Club, you know? Um, yeah, fair enough. But, yeah. Look, gents, it's been a good one. Happy to be Definitely. back. 2023 is going to have so much in store for us. There's so many twists and turns waiting for us. There's still the Champions League, the Europa League. So much football coming, uh, coming, coming to us. I'm looking forward to covering it with you guys and the rest of our colleagues. Um, and that's a wrap. We'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks, gents. Thank you, thank you. And we'll be back soon. Shout out. Yeah.